Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. It's a beautiful day to uh, crown our Blessed Mother. And uh, just to repeat the exhortation, the encouragement that I gave all of you last week, uh, in this month of May, dedicated to our Blessed Mother, I would uh, just encourage you strongly to take on some sort of extra sign of devotion or love for her this month. Could be a small little pilgrimage to some church named after her. Could be taking up the rosary if that's not already a daily practice. Could be reading a book about our Blessed Mother. But something this month um, to, to show her honor and affection. Also, just a brief announcement, there is a second collection today for utilities. Alright, you may have noticed that throughout the Easter season, there are a lot of references to baptism in the various proper prayers of the Mass. And it's highly recommended, although not required, in the liturgy to do the sprinkling rite of the congregation with holy water on Sundays in the Easter season which we do here at the 9 and 11 a.m. Masses. And that is meant to be a reminder of our baptism. And as I was looking at the readings for the next three Sundays, uh, it just so happened that there was a theme in one or more of the readings each Sunday that has to do with baptism that I thought would be good uh, to talk about. So first of all, to back up, when we're baptized, we, so to speak, put on Jesus Christ. Another way to think about it is we are inserted into Jesus himself. We're kind of plugged into him, right? We literally become members of his body. It's not some sort of distant, abstract thing. It's about as intimate and connected as you can possibly imagine. And so when that happens, the moment of our baptism, when we are inserted into Christ, we take upon ourselves aspects of His identity, if you will. The first and most significant of those is that Christ is the Son of God. He is the Son of God the Father. So when we are baptized and we are inserted into the life of the Son of the Father, we enter into this family of God as well. We become, as is often said, sons in the Son. Or if you're a woman, daughters in the Son. Right? We enter into the familial life of the Trinity. We become brothers and sisters of Christ and sons and daughters of the same Father. This is a, a radical, radical thing <laughs> that happens to us. Another aspect, though, of Christ's identity that perhaps doesn't get maybe as much attention is the fact that he is priest, prophet, and king. He fulfills all of these various archetypes of the Old Testament in himself. 
He is the high priest, he is the supreme prophet, and he is the king of the universe. Priest, prophet, and king. So when you and I were baptized, we also took upon ourselves this aspect of the identity of Jesus. In your baptism, you became a priest, prophet, and a king. And as I was looking at the readings this Sunday and over the next two Sundays, these different elements were highlighted in one or more readings, so I thought it would be good to, uh, to talk about them. So today I want to talk about the fact that all of you here participate in Christ's priesthood in a different way than I do as a ministerial priest. You participate in what's often called the common priesthood of the baptized. Right, the common priesthood of the baptized. I participate in what you might call the ministerial priesthood, which comes through holy orders. The common priesthood comes through baptism. So all of you are priests. There, all throughout the New Testament, you'll find these phrases written about all the believers collectively, that they are a kingdom of priests, that they are a royal priesthood. Right? And that is all of us, anyone baptized, so what does that mean? I think it might be helpful to first ask the question, what is the essence of a priest? What is the essence of, of the priesthood? Just generically speaking. And there's a pretty simple answer to that, which is that the essence of the priesthood is to offer sacrifice. If you were to see a job description for a Catholic priests, and it had sort of essential duties, the bullet point at the top of the list for essential duties is to offer the sacrifice of the Mass. That is my number one job, right? If I do all sorts of other stuff, but I don't do that, complete, total failure <laughs> of, of what it means to be a priest. To be a priest means to offer sacrifice. As a, as a ministerial priest, someone who's received holy orders, that means the sacrifice of the Mass. So for you, as priests who participate in this, again, common priesthood of the baptized, what is the sacrifice that you are called to offer? There are many ways we could answer that question, but I think one of the best is to say that the essence of your priesthood is to offer the sacrifice of your will. It's an interior sacrifice. To sacrifice your will in favor of the will of God. A sacrifice is always an exchange. We give up something, we receive something in return. At Mass, bread and wine are brought forward. They are exchanged, if you will. They are transformed into something far greater, something infinitely greater, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. On a daily basis, for you to exercise your priesthood well means to exchange at many, many moments throughout the day your will, what you may want to be doing with your time, how you may want to react to a certain situation, what you might want to say or not say in a given situation, you give that up, you sacrifice that, if it's clear that God's will is something else. 
And in that moment of doing that, of saying, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my will in this moment in place of your will, in that moment, you exercise your priesthood. You exercise your priesthood. And this is what we want to be doing all day, every day. The more you do this, the more you will step into this identity that you received in baptism. This interior sacrifice of your will in favor of God's will. Now, one of the things that sacrifice always entails is suffering of some sort. So as you strive to step into this identity, it's very important to understand that to make a sacrifice, to live a sacrificial life, this necessarily entails suffering. So if you want to fully live out this identity that you received in baptism, you have to have as a goal not only to love sacrifice, to really wake up in the morning and say, I would love nothing less, Lord, even if I'm not feeling it, I would love nothing less than to just make sacrifices all day long today. So not only do we have to develop a love for sacrifice, but we even have to strive to reach a point where we love the suffering that is entwined in sacrifice. That is not an easy thing. Our natural inclination is to run away from suffering, not to love it. Right? So, for example, if you know, you're at work and you have, uh, I don't know, a to-do list of ten things, nine of them you would prefer to do over the one thing that you know is God's will. <laughs> this is the most important and urgent thing on my to-do list. I know it's God's will that I tackle this. Uh, in that moment, you exercise your priesthood. If you sacrifice your own will, which would be to do any of those other nine things in place of the one thing that you know is God's will. Right? If the Lord sends you a cross of some kind, and I'm not talking here, oftentimes we can call crosses, by the way, things that we just kind of invent. They're not like sufferings that we invent for ourselves. That, that's not like a real cross. Real crosses are always given by God. So the Lord sends you a real cross and you don't want to carry it, which is our inclination. You want to set it aside and do something else, which is, is very natural, right? In that moment, you exercise your priesthood when you say, Lord, I'm going to sacrifice my own will right now, which is to lay down this cross, to not have anything to do with it, to avoid it, to try not to look at it, right? You exercise your priesthood when you say, you know what, I'm going to sacrifice my will, which is to do all those things in favor of God's will, which is to reach down and pick up this cross that he's lovingly gifted to me as a participation in his own suffering. And I'm going to carry it. Right. The common priesthood of the baptized is, is a beautiful thing. We have to come to love sacrifice and even to love the suffering that is entailed in sacrifice.
Now the last thing that I want to mention is that in the sacrifice of the Mass, the ministerial priesthood that I exercise and the common priesthood that you exercise come together and sort of mix in an extraordinarily beautiful way. So if we were to zoom out for a second and ask the question, has anyone in history ever offered to God a sacrifice that is actually worthy of Him, of His glory, that is actually on level with Him? The answer is yes. There's been one person, it's happened once, where the God-man, Jesus Christ, offered His life to His Father. And because He was equal in substance with His Father, that He was divine along with His Father, that sacrifice He made on the cross actually rose to the level that God deserves, strictly speaking. It's the only perfect sacrifice that God has ever received. Now in the Mass, that perfect sacrifice is represented on our altar. Now the sacrifices that you make all throughout the week in exercising your common priesthood, those are imperfect. It's not through any fault of your own, it's just that you're human and God is divine and there's an infinite gap there. So no matter how perfectly you may offer a sacrifice to God on Wednesday at 2.30 p.m., it is simply not going to rise to the level of what God deserves in His very nature, in His majesty. But here's the kicker. When you come to Sunday Mass, or for those of you who go to daily Mass, it applies here as well, what do you have the opportunity to do you have the chance to take your imperfect sacrifices and to then place them on the altar to connect them, to infuse them into the one sacrifice that is actually worthy of God and His Majesty. It's a wonderful thing. An extraordinary privilege. An extraordinary power, I would say, that we've been given. You've been given a power in your baptism to take an imperfect human sacrifice and have it raised to the level of something worthy of God by joining it to the sacrifice of His Son. Thanks be to God for such an extraordinary privilege. So my encouragement to all of you today is to take advantage of this power that you have received in baptism. Use it. When you come to Mass, be conscious of what you... I talked about this the other week. Be conscious of what you place on the altar during the offertory. That's the moment where you place crosses, other sacrifices that you've made, you know, in different contexts of your life. You place them there, you connect them to the one sacrifice that rises to God's majesty, and, and they're sort of taken up to a level that on our own they, they could never have reached. They become actually pleasing to God. Right? 
So we are a kingdom of priests. As St. Peter says in our second reading today, we are, we are a royal priesthood that is commissioned to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God, our Almighty Father. The only way our sacrifices become acceptable to Him in a true sense is by joining them to this sacrifice that happens every Mass on our altar.